This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everyone. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we're talking about taking one for the team. Uh, we're talking mm. about what does it look like to take an L or do you not take an L? When do you know the difference between this is going to be a win for the team and a loss for me personally or a win for everybody or a loss for everybody? Um, there's subtle differences and nuances between all those different scenarios. But today we're using, you know, it's not even folklore. It's a real thing. Like we're using real life situations to kind of assess whether or not we as people, as individuals, should take one for the team, fight the good fight, or stand our ground. BJ, what does that sound like to you, man? Yeah, I've taken a lot of L's in my life. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't say that I always took the L for the team, that it, it really benefited me later on. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone ever taught me. I think, you know, because we have been taught to just be cooperative to, you know, cultures of systems and institutions that... Be you know, hard work. Yeah, like hard work pays off. And if somebody can cast a vision and they got a check and, you know, master can pay you like <laughs> you just need to kind of go with the flow. And I think because of that, I don't think we I've ever really heard anything about free will. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of, you know, kind of stick it out. Don't be a millennial. Don't be there for two years and then leave. Right. Right. And I and I think that that philosophy, though, it's good and it speaks to like personal responsibility. I think it also what it does also is it opens up the opportunity for abuse and a lot of situations that put individuals at risk unnecessarily for the sake of EO game. And so, yeah, when I think about, you know, the situation with KD, and I've been in several arguments so far. So shout out to my, you know, my friends in my message box uh, (laughs) about it because I have a really strong opinion about it. I think that we don't take enough, we don't give enough credit to the individual being able to make the decision, stand their ground, mm-hmm. despite the interest of a franchise. So, yeah, open us up with the illustration. And um, I think you, you'll you be able to put a little bit more skin and, and name the right teams. <laughs> and that way, <laughs> that way, the, the, the sport enthusiasts don't email me yeah, uh, at a later yeah. time. Go ahead. Open us up with the illustration. I got you. So. Um, for those of you who don't follow NBA basketball, um, we are currently in the finals. Depending on when you listen to this, the finals may or may not be over. But there is a player named Kevin Durant who was willing to literally put his body on the line to help his team uh, win a championship series, to, to get another ring. In contrast to a player named Kawhi Leonard, who was also in the championships this year, oddly enough, who 
the media and or certain players tried to make it seem as if he wasn't willing to literally put his body on the line. And we have two different scenarios that are playing themselves out in dramatically different directions. Kevin Durant, some say due to pressure from the outside. Some say due to him wanting to prove to other people that he uh, was really was injured but willing to play through the pain. Uh, some people saying that he was uh, being selfless. Some other people saying that he was being selfish and trying to uh, steal the show. Some people were questioning his character. Uh, and he decided to play uh, in a game after being out, uh, I think, I don't know, almost a month or so of basketball. And the first day back, uh, he was having a great game, and then he fell down um, and ruptured his Achilles. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, on the other hand, decided to sit out most of last season. I think he might have played nine games for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And the conflict. Oh, wow. I didn't didn't know that. I didn't know that he he sat out that long. Yeah, he sat out pretty much the whole season. The conflict of interest there was that he, the team doctors were saying that he was good to go. Him and his camp was telling the team that he was not good to go and that he didn't want to risk re-injury. Then it got to the locker room. Some of the players decided to go to the media and say that I've had worse injuries and there's no way that this guy shouldn't be back. Um, And then the coach didn't seem to have his back. And so Kawhi, being the the opposite of KD in this situation, decided that, you know what, I'm just not going to play and demanded a trade. Um, And once he left that team, he's leading his team now to the finals, which he's done. He's, he's balling having, out. He's balling, balling out. out right now. Go ahead. He's balling, balling out right now. Go ahead. And even made a comment a couple of days ago that load management is what helped him stay healthy during the season and be able to play in the finals. For those of you that aren't familiar with load management, it's a system in place now in basketball where uh, star players rest, um, where they may not play the second of a back-to-back, or they may take a few games, or not a few games in a row, but a game here and there to kind of rest their bodies. Older players are like, that's BS and a cop-out because back in the day we played the whole season as long as we could and the playoffs and never sat down. And then players now are like, yo, uh, my body's my temple. This is how I make money. And I'm not willing to risk it all for the sake of the team. Uh, I got my career and my future to think think about. Um, and so there we have the contrast of when to take an L, when to take one for the team, when to speak up for yourself, fight for your rights um, versus just being a team player. Um, and I think that's a perfect segue into – you know what we're talking about today as far as when to take that L or when to take one for the team, which can also be an L, but it doesn't always have to be, right? Yeah, it, it can be an L. Sometimes it is an L, sometimes it's not. So I, what I would like to call this is the uh, KD moment, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the moments where you took one for the team and you took an L, I'll start uh, in my KD moments. I have so many KD moments. Yeah, I, what I would say is one of my KD moments as I think about it, uh, it came in a form of employment because uh, I think, you know, when you're talking about larger organization, you're either talking about some type of faith institution or employment institution oftentimes. And so was working for this organization and um, I kind of knew going in, you know, they were very pressed to make a change. They need to win a championship in so many words. And so they recruited me. And that fashion, you know, recruited me, you know, to be the the person that would help change it all and make it work and all these different things. And it was good at first, um, the first you know, a little bit, the first couple of months. And but I noticed like, wow, like the culture of this is very challenging because 
though you say you have these grandioso desires to create change, man, you really are, you know, bent on doing the same things you've always done, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're trying to do it with new people and new faces. Mm. And so I think after a while, I started realizing like, man, I'm, I want to be a team player. I want to do these things well. I want to succeed. And I noticed more and more I was being asked to do things that were somewhat outside of my gift set. Again, I was okay with that. I was okay with jumping in there and and doing it. And, And I remember a very specific season of life where they had kind of trained me for an, you know, an endeavor. Mm-hmm. And that training, even though I knew it didn't fit who I was, I just did it for the sake of, you know, being a good player and trying to change the tone and be good, you know, just win the championship in so many words. Yeah. yeah. And JP, I was in this endeavor, let's just put it like that, um, for about two to three months, and I gave it my all. Mm-hmm. And all of the effort that I put in, I got some of the most insignificant results I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I thought, wow. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm having a KD moment. Yeah. I'm giving up myself for the sake of the team. And this is what I risked. Mm-hmm. I risked my sanity. Mm-hmm. I started questioning myself. As mm. to whether or not I really was a person that brought a certain type of value, I started um, going into depression. Mm. I found myself in a situation where, you know, my family, my wife was like, what are you doing? Who mm. are you? What are you becoming? Mm. I started becoming reclusive with my friends. Mm-hmm. And they were like, man, I just feel like you just disappearing all this time. Mm. All because I was having a KD moment. Mm. I thought if I just put it all on the line for the team, I'm hurt. This is not how I play the game. Yeah. But as long as I do this, I can look loyal. And I look back at that moment and that KD moment, I took more of an L. And listen, they kept doing the same things they've always done, how they've done them with new faces and new people. Mm. JP, what? <laughs> give us a KD moment in your life. What's a... KD moments, you go, wow, I'm having a KD moment right now. I mean, I prefer not to do these because you seem to think they're funny and I'm over here dying. Um, <laughs> I do love these. <laughs> this is like my favorite. This is like my favorite part of this. Go ahead. I'm, Please, I'm glad I can be here. Uh, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm helping the people. Okay. All right. I think my biggest KD moment came, uh, unfortunately, um, for, for me and your laughter. Uh, was while I was what? a member of the cult. <laughs> Here you go. I didn't even, I didn't even got the story out, bro. Go ahead. Can you get it out? Go you good? Go. You good? Professional? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. good. Go ahead. I'm professional. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and so I was a member of the cult. And, uh, but you said it so casually, though. <laughs> what you want me to do? You want me to get worked up? You want me to be angry? You want me to pound the table? Huh? What you want me to do? But listen, listen. If you say you're a member of a cult, you have to say it with some passion. And oh. I was a member. <laughs> say it with like a little raspy voice. And I was a member of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I will not. Thanks. Ahead. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, as a member of the cult, there was one of my aspirations was to get my MBA and JD. 
Um, mm. I wanted to be a lawyer um, who eventually worked his way up to a judge, as well as practice entertainment law. Um, so that was NBA JD. During the prime of my cult days, fresh out of college, uh, making moves for grad school life, again, NBA JD, I had an opportunity to get a full ride to a law school in Southern California. I think it was a blessing. What happened is I, being a UC Berkeley student and seeing systems in place that I feel are unfair and unnecessary, I decided to protest the LSAT, which is the test that you take to prepare for law school. Um, so I studied a little bit here and there, but I decided that, you know what, my application and my undergrad stuff and the things that I'm about will stand out stronger than this LSAT score. And of course I couldn't be any more wrong, but you know, Hey, I'm often wrong in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just live and learn. You keep going, you progress. So my law school test was terrible, but, um, I did manage to go to a law school career fair type of thing, uh, rub some elbows with some people, put on my charm and they were like, Hey, we got you. Come on, man. We believe in you. Uh, we're going to give you this full ride. So I went to summer school, did the summer semester of law school, um, torts and some other stuff that I didn't enjoy. But I was like, man, these are the dues I got to pay. Uh, went, went back up to the Bay um, and the cult leader and the people thereof felt as if God was saying that wasn't what I needed to do. Uh, wow. Did somebody prophesy with you or did they just how did you know God wasn't telling you that you should do this? Do you, do you want me to? Uh, relay, I'm asking how did how did you know what did they I'm saying what did they say I, I'm not making fun of it I'm asking clearly it how wasn't did, it wasn't how did I know because I didn't know as far as I knew I was going to go to law oh, school for free so oh, it wasn't what I it. knew it was what they knew um and so basically um I was told um and I don't remember exactly how um it was conveyed to me but um it would be a distracting to some extent distraction wasn't what the Lord had for me and I needed to be in Oakland because there was nothing more important than what was wow. going on with the coat. Um, so uh, in taking one for the team and being a team player and wanting to see the glory of the Lord shine bright on that corner in Oakland, California, um, I decided that I wasn't going to continue my law school education. That would have been for free. Um, did I mention free? Um, did Didn't I you move to Atlanta? Hold on. Tell me, you, you said glory shine bright. Didn't you move to Atlanta? I don't know what that had to do with the Lord's glory shining bright. I'm just saying, you said you said the, the Lord's glory shining bright, and so you ended up moving to Atlanta, and said so all of that. Oh, I left. Out. Oh, yeah, they left the cult. So whatever, whatever they their ideas of the uh, the Lord's will being done uh, evaporated for me in that place once I gave them the two fingers. Um, but I but I in, ended up you know after leaving the cult. Um, I had actually started my my um, MFT and school counseling degree before I left the cult, but some things happened and definitely confirmed that I needed to be gone. So I left and then you know finished my education thereof. But I mean, you know, you, you know, you look back at life and you're like, man, no, really, you should have, could have, would have, because I'm kind of living the best life I possibly could be living right now. Um, but I think I possibly still could have had that NBA JD and moved to Atlanta and met my wife and blah blah blah. But you know, it is what it is. But that was probably the lowest point um, in life where I, I went the KD route as opposed to the Kawhi Leonard route. And, um, you know, it just, it just, it, it stuck with me. And again, I can't complain because I feel like, you know, my life hasn't hit rock bottom or nothing like that, but I do feel as if like, like that was ill-advised and not the move to make and something that I, in hindsight, wish I hadn't done. Yeah. I was going to crack some jokes. I know. And I know. Just, this, I, hey, listen, I was going to crack some jokes. 
but this don't sound like the place, and I'm just working. <laughs> Look at that. Look I, at that. I go back. Hey, listen. I go and listen to playback, and I'm like, dang, JP sound like this is a serious thing. When I cracked the joke about that, that didn't sound like that was the place. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me start working on the timing, on my uh, timing, uh, and I'm going. I'm gonna slow up on my little Bishop jokes. And listen, <laughs> I'm gonna measure them out when they Wait. come. So, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about this. Yeah, I, I, I think, man, the the Katie moment. You know, if we're talking about life, Katie moments. I think the Katie moments for me are very challenging for this reason. We learn in so many ways, JP, that at no point do you have a voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your voice don't ever really matter, right? And you see this a lot. You see this with kids and helicopter parenting. I had a um a college student that I was mentoring, and we, I was gonna take him on a trip, you know, and we're preparing to go again. This is like you know he's of age. We're gonna do something fun, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, well, let's let's go ahead and get ready to go, and you know, blah blah blah. Here, I've already paid." It's that in the third, and he says, "No, I can't go." My parents said, "I can't go." Fuck, Lord. Okay. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's not what I expected. No, it wasn't what I expected, and I thought, "Wow, you are, you know, of age, you are away from home, and yet you still don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. You still don't have a choice, and because he had." You know, because they were paying for his tuition. Yeah. It did not matter that he wanted to go on a trip with someone who's trusted. And listen, they had never met me because they didn't live in the city. Think about this. His parents were unsus- were suspecting of me, mm-hmm. right? Because they had never met me, but they lived five states away. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because they, they didn't know me, right? Like stranger danger. Stranger danger. They believe, they believe that that's what I'm saying. They believe that he did not have the discernment, even as a young adult, to make adult like decisions, right? And so I think part of what what I see with these moments is JP, we just don't ever it, it's it's strange. It's like we sometimes find ourselves in situations where we never have a voice. And we get accustomed to it because it's safe, right? Like it's a safer thing to do. And just think about it. It's not just that it's safe. JP, you can always blame the other person for the fault, right? So you can always say, the reason why this didn't work out was because my parents, you know, made this certain type of decision. Or if it did work out, you know, it's because my parents decided to make these things. And I think that oftentimes these KD moments happen is because we grow a little too comfortable with the franchise. And I think about my own life and I think about, you know, seasons. There were seasons where I did. I just needed to serve and be quiet. Right. I really did. Mm-hmm. But there were moments even now I outgrew that. Right? right. 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 And and then the same people who at a certain moment in time I was being told I just need to serve and be quiet. Listen, that was appropriate then. It's not appropriate now. Right. 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 This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So 
Whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. Right. Nippy, what do you see in terms of these Katie moments? And when is it appropriate? When is it not appropriate? What? How do we reconcile just what comes along with that KD moment? What's the benefits? And then what are the what are the challenges to it? So go ahead. It's difficult in some situations because you don't know whether or not it's going to be a KD versus Kawhi versus taking an L versus taking one for the team versus being something positive in, until it's a hindsight situation, right? You look back on like, oh man, I'm so glad I did that because it worked out, right? And the, the the converse of that is like, oh man, I wish I hadn't have done that because it didn't work out. So I think that the issue that we're having is that if we use your mentee as an example, he had an opportunity to do something that maybe other people wouldn't have had to do, right? They wouldn't have had that same opportunity. But because he wasn't, what's the word I want to use, uh, mature enough to make a decision for himself, he lost out on that opportunity. Is that fair to say? See, I wouldn't say he wasn't mature enough. I would say he was so tied into his parents, even mm. in, in a, as an adult. Mm-hmm. He, they, he didn't, he, they told him no, and he mm-hmm. had to go with it, even though he was five states away. Okay, okay. So he was, he was literally mature enough like because he was, was going to go with you, but he wasn't on that level of maturity where he was able to tell his parents, hey, man, not this time. Yes, hey, maturity, maybe maturity is not the word. Maybe it's um, – what is that? Is mature a safe word? I don't know. I was trying not to – be disrespectful, not disrespectful, but just like not. Oh, okay, that's the word. He wasn't um, separated from his he wasn't family. Paying his bill. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't have enough distance yeah. from his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To he was too enmeshed in the situation. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. He was so stuck into the. He was enmeshed, and because yeah. they were paying the bills, evidently, yeah. they let him know, "Yo, if you go on this trip, it's gonna be problems." And so right. he didn't go and missed out on even some of the relationship to this day. Go yeah. ahead, bro. <laughs> Yeah. So you have those situations where it's like, all right, you can make a decision, you can pull a trigger, and it could be something that could be the best thing that's ever happened to you in life. But because you're not in a place to recognize when, I mean, it's, oh, bro, this is so like, man, like I don't, I usually don't mind just letting it rip. But it's one of those things where as we're talking about, it, I'm realizing the significance of like people needing to make wise decisions seeking wise counsel, understanding that counsel and that, and making sure that it's good counsel. Um, because I think people don't oftentimes differentiate enough between wise counsel and good counsel. You can get wise counsel, but that don't mean it's good, right? Because in that time of life, that person that's giving you wise counsel may not actually see all of what is going on. They may not have that same experience. They may not know what it's like to need to go to law school for free versus be cooped up in this place and not moving in any direction because they have their own right. agenda for you, right? 
Good. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Break that down for the listener a little bit more. Yeah. That people have their own agendas for you. Go ahead. Break that down just a little bit. So you may be in a situation like I was in the cult. And although I'm pretty sure it was pretty evident. So you want to chuckle? Come on, you can't even keep it to yourself. Well, I, don't, I heard it. I heard it. I heard it, man. I heard it. <laughs> I'm going to mute my mic next time. Nah, 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 nah. I want to know the truth. You don't want to know the truth. You can't handle the truth. Every time Bro, it's I like chuckle. Why say some crazy teeth? I should have, I should have never said that. Uh-huh. What? You waiting on Bro, you waiting on it? <laughs> Every time I give a little... <laughs> <laughs> it's not I'm waiting on it. It's that I can hear it. Like, I don't understand what you don't understand about what I'm saying. I can hear it. Let me mute my mic. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. It's good. No, no, I might need you to respond. So I need you to have the mic on, please. You know what I'm saying? Go Thank ahead. You were talking about being sensitive, knowing good judgment, going to law school. Go ahead. Finish the point. Go ahead. Knowing the difference between people having an agenda for your life and you knowing your own agenda. So basically, uh, or following your own agenda. So You'll have people um, that are in supervisor roles, that are in pastor roles, that are in um, CEO roles, parental roles, parental roles yeah. uh, relationship, uh, situationship roles, um, and they will see something for you. Um, it may be based on your skill sets, it may be based on what you do well, or it just may be based on what they want for you and from you, what you can do for them and how you can benefit them. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself in a situation where you're fulfilling their dreams for you. Um, you're fulfilling the role that they would have you feel for them um, and never actually do the things that God has called for you to do um, for yourself. Ooh, oh, my God, bro. You got to slow down. This, listen to this. I, I need you to just hear, hear yourself say this. Uh-huh. Man, our listeners are listening to this. And there's somebody right now who has been living in a situation where they don't even know that they should do something for themselves. They have, quote unquote, been serving so long. They don't know how to discern between when it's time to take one for the team and when it's time to do something for themselves. JP, how would they know? How do you know when it's time? How would you know when you're like, man, this is time for you to do something for yourself? What would you say? If you're under, let me, let me paint the scenario. Uh-huh. So, so we're all clear on this. So you're under... A strong visionary, an established organization, a strong parent who insists that you can't go on a retreat under mature supervision because they're paying the tuition, right? Like <laughs> you go throw that in there again. Like literally, like uh-huh. listen, or a, a strong spiritual leader who assumes that you know because they speak, every word they speak comes from God because they are the man of man or woman of God. And now everything that they discern is directly tied to a revelation from the most high. It's always that. It's never not their their interest, their motive is never caught up in it. How do you know? How can a person know, yo, it's time for me to have a voice in this? What do you think? Tell me. Yeah, go ahead. There are times when we are not mature enough and we want what we want. So we're willing to risk it all and in, in areas and in times when we shouldn't. Right. It's almost That's like, when you, right. Right. I'm going to shoot this shot. Boy, you know, you're not ready, bro. You're not ready that she's out your league. Don't shoot that. Don't shoot that shot. Not right now. Maybe That's in a little fair. bit. Not right now. Right. But I think there's a there's a time and place where you realize. And there's so many different scenarios that's playing through my head. So I'm trying to like reel it in to make it a more general and once off thing. 
But I think one of the most glaring things is that you have something that's burning within you that you feel as if, man, this is something I have to do or I will bust open. Um, And the people or the person or the leader that you speak to can only tell you how if you do what you do, it will offset what they're doing. Mm, the, but hold on, but they, but it, ne- it never comes out like that though. It oh, comes out it. with, uh, uh-huh. it uh-huh. comes out in warning. It comes out in you're not ready. And 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 this is me adding to it. I have an issue with the fact that you're never ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So yeah. you got these burning desires and passions, and listen, and you're never ready. We're talking like I spent a several years in a in a specific location, and I never forget. When I, it came time for me to want to do something that I have been passionate about, mm-hmm. even after being there for almost a decade, I still wasn't considered to be ready. And I go, wow, this is this is serious. Yeah. Yeah. You mean to tell me after almost a decade, I'm still not ready. How much time does it take? He wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, Kevin Hart right. voice. Yeah, right. I wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I mean, and I, uh-huh. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, go, ahead. go, go. You got it, you got it. I'm listening. Yeah. So what I what I'm saying is, I think part of when you know it's time to assert your own will and to find your own voice is when it can becomes clear that at no point does your ability to speak into a situation, to add your your vantage point, to bring this thing that you're passionate about. There's no space for it. Bro, listen, there will never be a space for it. I went back and listened to the episode we talked about the faith table. And we talked about, you know, how you guys are serving a community. And you got back and Massa got back. And when he got back, like, yo, he shut it down. Down, down. And he and he had been gone for a year or two. And listen, bro, even though y'all were holding down the entire institution for that long. Yeah. In his mind, for two years, you still were not of the experience and ready to lead in a meaningful way that listen, that he himself will listen to. And I'm like, oh, it's time for to find your own voice. Yeah. It's time for you to potentially leave mm-hmm. out of this scenario. Yeah. What do you think, bro? How do you discern when it's time? Like when do I know I need to assert my own voice in this versus like, man, I'm being unwise and I'm I'm being hasty. Yeah. Well, let me do one. Let me do this. Let's let's give the people. Um, oh, is that practical? I don't want to jump into the practical. But, no, 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 jump into. Uh, we need every practical in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I just the, like warning signs and red flags, right? Red red flags don't turn green. Don't turn green. Right. What you have to do is ask the right questions. You have to be inquisitive. Mm. You have to not just take things for face value, right? Question everything. Um, and so part of, I think, understanding whether or not what is going on or what is happening is a sign that you need to, you know, go on about your business and make your own table, per se, or create your own table, is really asking questions to find out where your value really lies in this company or this area or this church or this relationship. And if you find through the asking of questions that you being there benefits them more than it benefits you, then it may be time to make that exit. Uh, And what I mean by that is you can be in a situation where you're growing, you're getting paid, you're making money, 
which I guess is the same as getting paid. Um, same, yeah, yeah, same. yeah. Right. You may, <laughs> you may be having some advancements here and there, but if a carrot is getting dangled in front of you and you're there simply because what you're bringing to the table benefits them more than it benefits you because you can get a, a little nibble, a little carrot and feel as if, oh man, I'm balling right now. Oh man, I'm really growing. Oh man, they made me supervisor over the, the mop heads. And it's like, yeah. Over the French fries. Over the French fries. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And so you get this little position. And once you get that little position, get that little money, you lose sight of the things that were making you upset or frustrating you or the things that were letting you see like, oh, this ain't it. Like, this ain't it. Right? Because they gave you a little bit. So as you start to ask questions, as you start to investigate, as you, as you start to feel, get a feel for what your true value and position is in this company or this institution or this relationship, then I think it's when you can start making turns and you don't have it. And, and it doesn't have to be a thing where like, well, you know, am I just being greedy? Am I just being selfish? Am I just thinking of myself versus like, no, like, man, these people have like, you're only as good to them as you are while you're able to do what they want you to do. If you die, if I tweeted the other day, man, you over here killing yourself for that job. If you fall, if you fall dead in that cubicle, they're going to drag you out and replace you with the next person. That, bro, listen, let me tell you how true this is. There is a certain company, and I'm not going to say the name, just in case they want to sponsor us. Send us some checks. We'll take them. That's right. I'm not going to say the name. Bro, listen, somebody died working in this particular warehouse. Okay, that's all I'll say. All right. Uh, And I asked, because, you know, I got friends and colleagues that work around this company. And I said, yo, I just heard about a death of an individual on the job. And I said, yo, did it pause production? You know what that said? Uh, I was going to say some some words I shouldn't say on here, but it ends in no. <laughs> no, bro. Listen, no. Huh. Listen, they cleaned up yeah. the body. Took this man, you know, a woman to the hospital, to the morgue, and kept on like the day. Listen, like nothing had happened. Big wheels keep right? on turning. That's right. And so I think what you're saying is like it's sobering when you realize you can, you're just a cog on this wheel. Yeah. They will listen. It's not going to stop just because you left. Yeah. Right. And so I think that is sobering because, you know, we're told we, we're getting the attaboys and we're getting all these different things. Bro, listen to this. Some machines are so well run. It doesn't matter if you're there or not. You, they don't see you as a heartbeat. They see you as a pulse. Mm-hmm. Bro, you can always change a pulse. Yeah. You can only find one heartbeat. Right. So I think the question that you're asking is really profound. Are you learning where you are a heartbeat at? That's the question on the table. Guess what? The Golden State Warriors can't lose Steph Curry. They cannot. They can't. They can trade off KD. They can trade off They can trade off everybody. They can't just trade off Steph Curry without dramatically changing yeah. the team culture. Right. And so I think the question that we need to ask ourselves, the Katie versus Kawhi, have you learned how to be not just a faithful pulse, but have you learned where you are a heartbeat? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you're going to thrive. Go ahead, JP. Bro, listen, think about this this scenario. We have Kevin, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who his first team beat down. LeBron's team, right? LeBron, and it wasn't a Cleveland team. It was the Miami team, right? Got MVP. Uh, Kawhi got MVP uh, of the championship series and got a ring. 
I don't know if it was his rookie year somewhere or something like that, early on in his career, right? This dude, you would think the way that they dealt him, he was he was he was a poodle. You would have thought you would have thought that they were dealing me, like they were trading away John Parker. They wow. dealt they dealt a future Hall of Famer. They dealt a guy who was a past Finals MVP, right? Early in his career, for a player who clearly doesn't have the same skill sets as Kawhi Leonard, like De- Demar Derozan. Hey, listen, I love Derozan. He's that dude. He's from SoCal. He's that guy, but he's a spot up shooter. He's streaky. Uh, he's not. He's not considered one of the best two way players. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a good. Like he. He was a good fit in Toronto, but Toronto realized they weren't getting over the hump without somebody like Kawhi coming. And the Spurs, although Kawhi did his thing for the Spurs, he was just another player, right? He was just Ooh. another. Call. He, he was, was just, uh, a heartbeat. Listen, he wasn't a heartbeat. He yeah. was a warm pulse. He was a pulse. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. So, so he was dead weight that could be cut very easy, right? And again, it was not necessarily very easy because they did wait for him to make decisions and kind of, you know, do his thing or whatever the case may be. But when he wasn't willing to play ball and sacrifice it all and put his life on the line and potentially ruin his career, they was like, okay, well, you got to go. And then they started talking trash. And then they started, you know what I'm saying, making it seem like he was the problem. And then making it seem like he was weak, that he couldn't uh, mentally pull it together and physically, you know, da-da-da-da-da, like all these different things, right? And so I think that in thinking through like, hey, is it time to move on? Is it, should I take this L? Should I potentially, because, you know, you can see a situation that may seem like an L, but it may not be. But I think that's what we're talking about in this conversation. Like, yo, recognizing like, is this an L? Or is this something that's going to be advantageous to me? And we're talking about how to assess whether or not this could be advantageous or be an L. Um, and I think if we're looking through the the positive lens, let's be good cop, you know, for for a second, because you know what I, I like. Trying to be a good cop, not the bad cop. Go Listen, ahead. I'm just trying to help people be goats, man. Be the be the goat, man. Be the best you can be. Be the greatest of all time. When you when you when looking through the lens of goat status, man, you have to put things in in perspective in such a way. Where like, how does this benefit me? And some people don't like to use the word benefit because they feel like it's a selfish word and it's not the Christian way to pr- approach things. You need to be humble and blah, blah, blah. Well, you can tell you, say this way, how will this advance me? How will this propel me forward? How will this help me reach future goals? How will this allow me and align me with the future direction I see myself going in? How does this confirm where I feel like the Lord is taking me? Otherwise, the contrary is I, I don't see this benefiting me at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Right. And so I think um, if you look through the lens like that, if you ask those questions, if you um, try to understand your position based on that, it will give you a step forward in recognizing whether this is going to be an L, uh, whether this is something worth seeing, even if it does become an L. Because, you know what? Failure is what they say. First attempt at learning. So the the fail doesn't have to be an L. It can be an L. But again, it could be your first attempt in learning. So um Really, what we're trying to say and what we're trying to, the message we're trying to convey to the listener is that, man, if you don't critically assess these situations, if you don't ask the right questions, if you don't look through the lens of being the goat and try to really understand how does this help me in the long run, you will be at the mercies of other people. Absolutely. So, so listen, let me just start driving this home. One of the things I realize about people is that they're just happy to be there. They're just happy to be there, bro. Yeah. And even if they spend significant time in a situation, they're just happy to be there. They don't have a particular agenda. And what I would say is that's what opens up the door for the abuse of people who know why they're there. Right. 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 Like when you don't know why you're there, 
and you're just happy to be there, you actually enable people who could potentially be abusive to overly use your talents without you ever really gaining the benefit. And so here's what I tell people. Don't enter into anything without an agenda. Listen to this. I partner with you, JP, with an agenda. I go, what can come out of this situation? Right, right. What specifically does John Parker offer to the situation? How can that benefit the Build a Better Us brand podcast, right? Now, listen, good business says not just what can I get. It also says what can I give? Right. Right. So there's a mutuality that's happening at the same time. It's like John Parker being a part of this brand actually brings attention to what John Parker is doing in specific ways. And so it's the agenda. Do you have an agenda or are you just happy to be there? Here's what I'll say. I'll never again walk into a room and just be happy to be there. Right. Listen, because I have my own agenda. Let's think about this, bro. When you walk into a room with no agenda, you have you say, you know, because we love to repeat that, oh, I don't have any agenda, right? And you get summons into a, a room with somebody of influence and power. When you go in with no agenda and they have every piece of an agenda, you know what you are? Sharp food. Yep. Barbecue chicken. Kill Barbecue. Bro, listen. So when when they run you through the ringer of their new mission statement, their new vision, <laughs> their new, bro, listen, when they run you through the ringer of that and you go through that process and you you look up 5, 10, 17 years in the institution and don't believe you got anything, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's just as much as your fault as it is the abuser's fault, right? Mm-hmm. And here's why. Because at a certain point, when you grow into self-awareness, Self-awareness allows you to form an agenda. And self-awareness says, I'm aware of John A. Parker, B.J. Thompson, Cheryl, you know, Daryl, whoever, enough that as I'm on this journey of serving, I'm discovering myself. And as I'm discovering myself, I'm trying new things. As I'm trying new things, I'm learning more things about myself. And as I'm learning new things about myself, I'm then trying things around the things that I enjoy. And if the things that I really enjoy and who I'm becoming no longer fits within the mode of the visionary that's communicating to me, it's time for Johnny Parker or BJ Thompson to step out in a way that says, I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been great to be a part of this um, community, Beehive, whatever you want to call it, right? (laughs) The Beehive. Okay. I like that. It was great for me to be a part of that. But you know what? I need to amicably make a transition, right? And so what I would say is having your own agenda allowed you to make the Kawhi moment where he says, yo, I'm a superstar. I've been balling out. You know, I've been going through this. I'm working with a trainer and I know that I'm hurt. So when they call upon me to run into the game, to rescue them, bro, listen, my biggest issue is would they have called Kevin Durant into the game had they been up 3-1? Right, 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 right. No. Right, right. No. The medical team would not have released him. So here's the thing. If the medical team would not have given him a release had they been up 3-1, but they gave him a release had they been up 1-3, what does it tell you? 
it tells you that the agenda of the team won the agenda of the individual. And now Kevin Durant is at risk of never being 100% as a ball player again. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, and this is my personal perspective, right? This is not gospel truth. Kawhi Leonard sits out 90% of the season, just gets healthy, finds his niche, gets stronger. And you look up a year and a half later, you're like, where's Kawhi at? And he is this shut down defender, shooter, player in Toronto of all places, bro. Toronto has not been a contender since Chris Bosh left. <laughs> you are, I think you're absolutely right. And so this is what I'm saying is like, look, look at him developing his skills. He took the time out because he had his own agenda. And now we are having conversations about Kawhi Leonard. And so I would say practically, you have to develop an agenda. Come on, JP, uh, bring us home. What do we need to do to have less KD moments or, or to figure out, you know, what does it mean to when we should and shouldn't take one for the same? Go ahead and give us some practical application and we'll wrap up. Yeah, uh, Alicia Keys had a song, you know, What a Woman's Worth. Um, and she was trying to let the young ladies know, know your worth, know who you are, know your value, understand you're a diamond, not a dud. And I think in part of us understanding and knowing who we are, we're able to call shots in such a way where we look out for our own best interest. And when we find ourselves in situations where others are looking out for our own best interest, because we have enough self-esteem, we have enough value, we have enough worth in ourselves, we won't allow the organization, the coach, the, the medical staff uh, to convince us to take the risks with our body, especially when they're going on about their business after my body fails and falls apart and still have a job when I won't um, because I'm unable to perform because I hurt myself. We really have to understand and know that, hey, when you really, 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 really know who you are, know whose you are, um, you won't you won't go for the okie doke. You won't you won't um, allow someone else to get you chasing your tail or spinning on a hamster wheel uh, while they gain and you um, you know you gain nothing. Yeah, and I, I think it's very difficult to know your agenda. And as someone who is loyal, um, it's even more difficult to see um, when is it time to assert your agenda. JP, what would you say for people who are um, in a situation? where they just don't know it. They want to know, they need to know, but they don't know. What, what would you say people can do? Uh, the best thing, the best advice I can give you um, outside of listening to every episode of this podcast on repeat for the rest of your life, <laughs> like literally for the rest of your life. Um, literally, you know, literally for the rest of your life. Go do ahead. you want to be the goat or no? Just, I mean, that's just the that's bottom right. line, right? Right. Um, right. You need to go to buildabetterus.com. Go over to where it says get involved. Um, drop down menu will come up. You'll click on get involved. And then you will see a variety of faces, ages, ethnicities, and genders there that are willing to help you figure out whether or not you're getting played, um, whether you're taking L's, whether you're doing what's best for the advancement of your life and your career. Um, or whether mm. you're being played. Uh, we, we have life coaches there that are willing, ready, and able to help set things in a direction for you that you can be set up for success and not failure. That's right. Yeah, because our job is to help you become a better you. So that we can become a better us. All right. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Share your favorite episode. Tag us at BJ116 and C. John Roar. 
online uh, and we'll send you a discount code. Make sure you leave us a review as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.